No one can guilt you if you don't let them. It's great to volunteer when we have the time and energy, but if it leaves you feeling depleted, stressed, overwhelmed, or anything other than warm and fuzzy and exhilarated about doing it, then gracefully decline and however the other party or parties take it is none of your concern. I know that takes practice, but you don't get practice if you don't practice, right? So practice putting you and your family first. Putting you first is putting your family first. Keeping yourself healthy, happy, lower stress is the best way to care for your family. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So holidays, I don't have to tell you, can be really stressful for anyone. But when you bring parenting into the mix, it makes it especially stressful. And I remember my oldest son's first Thanksgiving very clearly. He was born in February, so he was around nine months old. And we hosted that year. We were only one of two family units with kids and the only ones with a baby. The other family with kids had a 10 and a 12 year old and we were the ones hosting. And as Murphy's Law would have it, this is also when the dishwasher decided to break. So we had this old 1950s house with the lower than today's standard countertop. So we needed a special dishwasher to fit under the countertop. Plus there was this weird drop in the floor of the kitchen between like kind of a lip between the flooring and what was, you know, underneath the cabinets or the dishwasher in this case. So it was really difficult to work the dishwasher into the spot. And we had to get a specific kind of custom made dishwasher in time for Thanksgiving. It died a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So we had to special order it. It did come in in time. So it's Thanksgiving. I'm cooking. I'm dealing with the baby while my husband is sprawled across the kitchen floor trying to hook up a new dishwasher. The water is turned off while he hooks it up as well. I'm stepping over him. I'm holding the baby. I'm prepping all the the holiday meal. And it makes a really funny memory now, but that was a very stressful holiday. But I have a few more doozies for you a little later on. But I've learned a lot about reducing holiday stress over the years. And more importantly, or maybe first, I've learned a lot about the importance of reducing holiday stress because once you make that a priority, it's a lot easier to make decisions that work better for you and your family. Like that year, I should have said, we're not hosting. And if somebody else doesn't host, we're just not having Thanksgiving. But no one else stepped up. And me being that kind of personality and not doing well with the boundaries at that time, I felt like I could do this. And I did. We pulled it off, but it wasn't optimal. So the first tip I have is remember the kids are often going to struggle with behavior during the holidays. Now we can circumvent this, we can minimize it, but we want to keep these things in mind. We all eat differently during the holidays, even with our best efforts. We're eating more rich foods, more fatty foods, more sugar, more carbs, less fiber, less protein, fewer veggies, fewer fruits. I know I do just in the winter anyway. 
And our diet has a huge effect on how we feel physically and mentally, emotionally as well. And this includes our kids. Schedules and routines often get off. Kids thrive on routine and some kids more than others. In the temperament class, I talk about one of the traits of temperament is called rhythmicity. Kids high in rhythmicity need routine the most and they can get cranky and out of sorts even with the smallest changes in their schedule and routines. And these kids even tend towards having regular bowel movements at the same time every day. So if the routine is off, if their diet is off and has changed, this can cause a lot of disruption in their daily schedule, including their elimination schedule. So if you have a highly rhythmic child, you want to try to keep things as close to their routine with eating, napping, bedtimes as you can. I mean, that holds true for any child, especially the younger, the more you want to do that or the more rhythmic you definitely want to do that. Then, of course, the holidays bring in a lot of indulgence, not just in food, but in experiences from staying up late to go seeing lights to getting a tree and decorating it, taking pictures with Santa. For those who celebrate other holidays like we do, we all have our own experiences, eight nights of presents, candy, parties, whatever you celebrate, new toys, frequently staying up later, relatives indulging kids is usually a part of every holiday tradition. So this can lead to overstimulation and getting overtired. So being mindful of all of this and how it affects our kids, some will handle it decently. For others, it can be a nightmare. And again, the younger and more rhythmic your child is, the more difficult it will be for them. When we're aware of how affected our individual child or children are, we can make a plan to minimize the effects through managing it. So we can spread out or keep the later nights to a minimum. As kids get older and can handle later nights, there's plenty of time for driving around, looking at lights, staying up later at parties, going to more parties. And that's kind of the fun part of having older kids. You can do that without them getting super cranky. They're kind of all, they're all about it. But this leads us into tip number two, protect your kids and your own mental and physical well-being. Learn from me. (laughs) Like my first example, you can do this by adhering to your normal schedule as much as possible. So. This also means if you're visiting relatives or if they're coming to stay with you, you're protecting your children's and your peace. So I'm going to illustrate this with another fun holiday story from my past. Then I'm going to break it down. So the year my twins had turned two, my mom desperately wanted us to come for Thanksgiving. I knew it was a bad idea. I knew it in my gut. My instinct said, no, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. I held my boundary for months. Finally, she offered to pay for our plane tickets. She went all out. She said she had a newly refinished basement. We could have the run of the basement. She had toys for the kids. She had it totally childproof. She had two bedrooms down there. She would go to the library and get books for the kids. She begged us to come. And I felt like I didn't have any more excuses. And I reluctantly agreed. Definitely against my better judgment. We flew out, we got to the basement to settle in. We weren't there more than five minutes and I knew we'd made a mistake. Sometimes older people forget what childproofing really means. I'm sure a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There was this one room in the basement that my mom had decided to use to store all her stuff that she wasn't using. She has a little storage room, which would have been fine, but it didn't have a door on it. The toys were a box of a half a dozen of these Duplos 
those plastic chain toys from the early 1980s and a few rusty old cars and trucks that belonged to my brother when he was a kid. The kids were bored with those in about 90 seconds and they decided to explore the storage room like all curious toddlers are wont to do. They found these cheap metal curtain rods, also probably circa 1980, and they proceeded to swashbuckle sword fight with these. Now, my mom does not like people messing with her things. So here I am. My mom's not in the room at the moment. I'm like, put that back, put that back. This was just the start of the trip, and it only went downhill from here. And it reached ahead when my three-year-old broke one of my mom's Christmas bulbs. She thought that we should be able to tell a three-year-old toddler not to touch something and that they would obey. Something interesting, something shiny, something new to them, that she could leave it out in a box for an entire five days and that he just would listen and not touch it. Now, in her defense, her authoritarian parenting style of make sure that you put the fear of God into your children so they will listen to you, you could do that but that's not how I parent. I didn't want my kids to be afraid of me. I didn't want my kids to listen to me because they were afraid of me. I want my kids to learn how to listen to me because they trust me and they respect me and we have a bond. So when this happened and I didn't put him in timeout and I didn't force him to apologize, I invited him to apologize. She criticized my parenting. Now I will spare you the details because obviously my mom and I have a very different view of parenting and parenting styles. But it was a very tense couple of days until we left. You could have cut the tension with a knife and we didn't speak for a year after that. So the lesson is protect your peace and your family's peace. If your gut is telling you it isn't a good idea, go with it. Looking back, I probably would have still agreed to come, but I would have set a really strong boundary that I felt it would be best for us to get a hotel and have our own space. And that wouldn't have been easy, but. I could have done it. I definitely would have been able to figure out a way to have that conversation. But the trip went even worse than I could have imagined. Your gut instinct is rarely wrong. So make decisions that protect you and your family's mental health, your physical needs, the nap times, the need for peace and quiet and downtime. If you need to leave the afternoon cookie party because your toddler needs a nap and you need to go back to your hotel, you need to get a hotel so that you have room and the quiet to go put your toddlers down for a nap. It's really important to set those boundaries. It will just help the holiday go so much smoother for everyone. If you have a need for healthier food, if your family loves to pull out all the stops and have all kinds of indulgent foods and you know it causes issues for your kids, whatever it is, it's okay to set boundaries around your needs, to leave a gathering, to rent a hotel or a vacation home a few blocks away instead of staying with relatives, to fix your own meals or at least some of them, to visit but not stay all day, to say no to the cookie party or the caroling or the light tour that evening or a trip to go pick out the Christmas tree if your three-year-old is being stretched and overstimulated. Now, some families are great at understanding boundaries, but most are not. Many will try to guilt you, but you're not a bad daughter or son or cousin or aunt or brother because you say no. You are a good partner, a good parent, a good friend to yourself when you take care of your family and yourself. So whether it's family or it's your social circle as a volunteer in your friend circle and your religious or spiritual social circle, others will often try to rope us into taking on all kinds of things. Run the holiday boutique, set up a booth at the holiday boutique, make 
a dish or a baked good to sell at the holiday boutique, help set up for the party, you name it. No one can guilt you if you don't let them. It's great to volunteer when we have the time and energy, but if it leaves you feeling depleted, stressed, overwhelmed, or anything other than warm and fuzzy and exhilarated about doing it, then gracefully decline and however the other party or parties take it is none of your concern. I know that takes practice, but you don't get practice if you don't practice, right? So practice putting you and your family first. Putting you first is putting your family first. Keeping yourself healthy, happy, lower stress is the best way to care for your family. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about overindulgence. There's three types of overindulgence or ways to overindulge our kids. So what are these? How can we minimize them? Because a lot of them will crop up over the holidays. I'm going to talk about that right after a word from our sponsors. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T, 
P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's GetPuroAir.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Now that we're back, We'll get into overindulgence so you can make a decision as a family about how you like to manage potential overindulgences. So overindulgence is giving too much or too soon or for too long. So here's some examples. Giving an experience or experiences that are not age appropriate. So this can be taking an eight-year-old to a PG-13 movie. Some kids will say, all my friends have seen it. Trust me, not all their friends have seen it. Maybe a few kids did. Now, I was always able to call my kids out on this because I knew their parents and I knew how their friends' parents parented. And I would be able to say, um, not all your friends, because I know Jack's parents and I know Nate's parents and I know Jordan's parents and I know they wouldn't let them go see it. And then they would say, okay, well, not all of them, but Jason saw it. Okay, well, that's Jason. So giving these experiences that are kind of beyond their mental, emotional, even physical abilities or readiness. Another area, giving things to the child to meet the parents' needs, not the child's needs. And this can happen over the holidays. Sometimes it's not the parents. Sometimes it's grandparents or aunts and uncles. They can't wait to like throw the ball with their nephew. Now, so this is like wanting the child to be the star of the baseball team and buying them all the top end equipment so that they'll look the part and then expecting it will make the child really excited about it or make them a stronger player. So they get the top end bag, the bat, the jacket. And they look so cool. But the next thing you know, two months later, the kid's not interested anymore in the sport. And they spent all this money on this equipment. Buying a lot of clothes they can't even wear before they grow out of them. So overindulgence comes from good intentions because it comes from wanting kids to have the best. When we end up giving too much or too soon, it's counterproductive. Now, in many instances, especially around the holidays, like I've mentioned, it's other relatives that we're trying to manage, not so much ourselves, especially grandparents can go way overboard. I've heard so many stories of like, my mom loves to buy my kids clothes and they're hanging in the closet and they have the tags on them and they never get to wear them before they grow out of it. So 
what this allows us to do is when we're aware of this is we can have a conversation with the grandparents or we can sit down with our co-parent if we're in a two-parent household or us as a single parent as the leader of our home we can decide and discuss and get everyone on the same page with the values and goals for the family and here are some points that might be helpful because psychologists standpoint is that kids don't need family members whose main goal is to make kids happy They need adult leaders who will help them become capable. We want to help the other adults make a shift from feeling like they need to keep kids entertained and happy to helping them become good citizens, good decision makers, and able to cope with life's ups and downs. Now, I'm not trying to come off at all like a Grinch here or say that kids shouldn't have some indulgence at times. And over the holidays, we are going to overindulge. We're going to do it as adults and our kids are going to have that experience as well. It's only to bring awareness to areas of overindulgence outside of just material things. And for families who are concerned and really do feel like it's becoming an issue or it was an issue last year or it's becoming a bigger issue and they want to reel things in or they want to start to do things differently just to bring some awareness to all this. So overindulgence robs children of opportunities to earn a privilege, to learn that everything in life isn't given, it's earned. To learn to make do and therefore to appreciate the efforts in earning something, to learn the value of patience, to learn to wait for those horseback riding lessons or that new bat, to learn the value of money. So if they always get what they want whenever they ask, it removes any opportunity to talk about what things cost, how long we work to be able to pay for it, or how long they might work to earn their half of it if you're going to have them meet you halfway. This also builds appreciation for the object or activity. And if it's always given, then it loses value quickly and they're on to the next thing. Just like my example with all the baseball equipment earlier. So Brent Knopf was a researcher who researched overindulgence and put it into three categories. Material overindulgence, giving too much stuff, toys and clothes, like we talked about. But there's also relational overindulgence. This is a parent who overdoes too much for the child, overfunctioning parent and an underfunctioning child. This leads to an underfunctioning child. But relational indulgence can also be that form that I was talking about with experiences, right? Like we want to give our kid all these amazing experiences, but it's something they might not be ready for, aren't really going to appreciate yet. So holding back and being patient and waiting until they're a little bit older and it, that's something they're going to remember and that's going to really be um, meaningful to them at that point. And then the last type, the third type of overindulgence is called structural overindulgence. This is where parents have few rules and very little follow through, no chores, too much freedom. This is another area we can certainly get into over the holidays, right? Staying up late, eating lots of goodies, like all the stuff we normally wouldn't do during the rest of the year. So these are areas we might sneak over into more during the holidays than we normally would do during the year. So we just want to be aware of that. Here are some scenarios that play out much more often over the holidays than they might other times of year. So this is so you can be aware, maybe pivot, make considerations about how you want to place limits or boundaries during the holidays. If you feel like it's an issue or could become an issue, or you know your child has a lot of issues if they don't get enough sleep or if they eat too much sugar. So giving things or experiences that are not age appropriate, things like doing things that are actually harmful to their development. So here's some example that isn't necessarily for the holidays, but it's a great example. So letting a five-year-old dress like a 20-year-old, letting an 11-year-old watch an R-rated movie, not having any curfews at 14, too much power or freedom too early before they're ready to handle it and make good choices. So over the holidays, we might 
let them do a lot of things we might normally not do. Staying up really late, eating five cookies and not stopping them from eating the cookies. The other thing some families might do is too much information than they're ready for. This is parentifying or adultifying. So holidays have a way of bringing out family patterns and family dynamics. And so bringing the kids in on those family dynamics, how, you know, Aunt Martha said to Uncle Sean at the last gathering and now they're not getting along or just the family drama or Uncle Todd drinks too much and Aunt so-and-so is you know, going out every night with their girlfriends, like just those types of too much information is one of those ways that you can adultify or parentify kids over the holidays. Overscheduling falls into overindulgence. So trying to give kids more experiences, but this leads to kids being exhausted, missing out on downtime and to learn to self-entertain and to rejuvenate. They also cannot be their best for each activity if they're constantly going. So going from this party to that party, to shopping, to pictures with Santa, to getting the tree, to putting the lights up, to going caroling, to going to look at lights and just consistent on the go, the overscheduling during the holidays. The last area a lot of parents struggle with at the holidays is too many toys, too many clothes. I was just talking to some parents about this the other day. I just happened to mention how my kid's dad and I decided to get the kids a family experience like a weekend getaway instead of presents this year because no one needs anything else in this house. All the other parents were chimed right in. They said the same thing, how they had asked the grandparents to please just donate some money for an experience instead of buying the kids any more toys or clothes because they all just had too much and it was just coming out their ears at their house. In my family, my oldest only wants to play tennis and he has everything he needs. He just got new rackets this year. He gets the lessons. He has the clothes. He got a new tennis bag this year because he needed more rackets because he's breaking strings more frequently. So he has to take three rackets to a tournament in case he breaks strings. He has enough to get through the tournament. And then there's the restringing the rackets. This is expensive. It's more expensive than buying a racket. Not each time, but he's breaking strings almost every week. My daughter has more stuffed animals in her room than I can count. They've taken over. My younger son is into Legos and theater and gaming, and his room is filled with Star Wars Lego sets. They're taking over. So my kids don't need anything else. So we're trying to pull back on that, saying we don't, we're not getting stuff this year. So a couple of tips for dealing with too much when it comes to stuff. When there's too many toys, children don't play with them and they don't play as in-depth, right? They just kind of bounce from one thing to the other. They don't go as in-depth or there's some toys they just won't play with. They're not as interesting. We want kids to go deeper with play. We want them to use their imagination. And when they do this, they get to practice a lot of cognitive skills. And if they're playing with a friend, they get a lot of practice at social skills. So if all they have are the train tracks, the trains and some blocks, They can go so much deeper with that. They're going to get into those toys because that's what's available. So if you have too many toys in the play area, you can take half the toys to a storage area like the garage or a closet and you want to rotate them out every couple months. And then you can rotate the combination of toys. So you might have the blocks and the trains, but then the next time you might have the blocks and the cars and the Duplo. And then you might have the Duplo and the blocks. And then you might have some puzzles and the blocks and the trains. So you just have a few things and it allows them to go deeper. Too many clothes. So when kids have too much of anything, they don't appreciate it. And then they're always asking for more. Once kids have anything that is theirs, 
They should be learning about how we care for things. So how we respect our things. So we teach kids how to pick out their clothes, how to put clothes away to the degree they're physically able. So for really young kids, maybe they put the folded clothes into the proper drawer. Maybe you put the clothes on the hanger, but they can hang it up. And if you have a low bar from the closet that they can put that up, you can teach them how to organize the closet. Like the dresses go in this section and the shirts go in this section. You can teach them how to put dirty clothes in the hamper. And by the time kids are 10 or 11, they are ready to start learning how to sort clothes for the laundry and then how to fold and put away after. That's the goal we want to shoot for. By 12, they can start learning how to set up the washer, move clothes to the dryer and run the dryer. And actually my youngest son, that is one of his jobs to collect the laundry from everyone every Saturday and wash the darks and lights during the weekend. Then everyone gets their own clothes after it's dry. They fold it and put it away. But they all know how to run the washer. And sometimes if one of them needs a load during the week, usually it's my oldest because he's playing tennis twice a day. He makes a lot of his clothes sweaty and stinky. So he'll run a load midweek, but he knows how to do this. Okay, so I hope you found these tips helpful. It will help you kind of manage your holiday season a little bit better, lower the stress, consider the overindulgence, how you're going to keep your kids from getting too overtired and too overstimulated. And finally, the new website is up. It's still at yourvillageonline.com. We had to move everything over to brand new servers. So it's a brand new website. We moved over all the old memberships as well. So if you're a member, you can get in from the current website. It's right at the top. It says original member login. So you can log in through there and still get to your membership on the old version of the site. I will be moving everyone over. I promise. Still finishing up some tasks and making sure everything's really smooth before I move people over. So there's a new homepage with a newsletter sign up. And my graphic designer, Ashley, created a beautiful 14-page guidebook and workbook on parenting styles that you get when you sign up for the newsletter. I have new programs, including an eight-course series that includes all the Discipline Tools classes, Discipline Tools for toddlers, preschoolers, kids five to 10, and tweens and teens, the Intro to Discipline class, your child's unique temperament, and two new classes, Parenting Goals and Parenting Styles, and it's all only $7 a month. Then there's a higher tier membership that includes all the classes, including overindulgence that I talked about, and all the ways to manage all three types of overindulgence all throughout the year, and the biweekly group coaching with me. That membership is closed right now, but I will be opening it up around the first of the year, but I don't leave that one open because I want to make sure I can support the current and incoming parents through the group coaching. So I will be opening it up about three times a year. Again, it's at yourvillageonline.com. If you're interested in the higher tiered membership, you'll see down towards the bottom of the homepage, there's a form to sign up for the waitlist for that higher tiered membership. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>